Want this? I don't got room for all the books I have up here now. <laughs> if we could honestly, sincerely, with a whole heart, believe what you just sung, it would change the life that we live. Without a moment's hesitation, it would change the life that we live. If we listen to the scripture reading this morning by the substitute, we would have a life that is also changed. Between the Word of God, the songs that we sing, the words that are spoken, the opportunity to gather around the Lord's table, the opportunity to be able to give back to God with a full heart would change how we live our lives. We say, we sing, we listen, but so many times it has not sunken down to the depths of the soul that it needs to. We live in a world that stresses the importance of being convinced in what you see. We bear the, or we are encouraged to accept the testimony of the witnesses at the scene of an accident, the scene of a crime, or anything else along the line. Those want to declare that what they've seen, what they've heard, is true. And that is accepted by us in our land and in the world in which we live. But the witness of God is greater. The testimony that he gives, one in creation itself, one in human life that he's created, one in the word that he's left for us that gives a testimony of this one called Jesus Christ who died for our sins. His witness is greater. Been cases time and time again when Courts of law where convictions have been overturned because the witness had borne false testimony. And what they gave was not true. 
Again, that general observation of this world in which we live, the observation of the life that he's created, the testimony of the word of God reminds us that God is a keeper of his word. That, that it, it does not change. And that indeed there is a need, a deep need that we have of preparing ourselves for a journey into eternity. One does not go unprepared into eternity with God. One may go unprepared into eternity, but it will not be with God. John 14, verses 1 through 3, reminds us of the fact that there is a place that is being prepared, that is prepared for us. And that Jesus will come again to receive us unto unto himself, that where he is, there we may be also. We draw comfort from that. He has prepared a place for us. But it is for those who are prepared for that eternal home. Sometimes we have been under the impression that when we stand before the judgment seat of God, that we're going to be able to plead our case. That we're going to be able to try to find the loopholes that will allow us to bypass the sentence of eternal punishment. The life you live, the life you are living, is your testimony to God. That day of judgment basically is simply a day where God shows that what he has done is correct. That he's made no mistakes. We may make them here. We're acquainted with those situations, but God does not make mistakes. My passage out of Genesis 18.25 is a source of comfort to me. It's also a source of reality. So not the judge of all the earth do what is right. I believe that with all of my heart and all of my soul, all of my strength, with all of my mind. The judge of all the earth will do what is right. He does not make mistakes. He is very capable of seeing through hypocrisy. Very capable in seeing through insincerity. We're reminded in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. There he can tell the sincerity of an individual before he reaches that point. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to heaven. Even those religious bodies who believe that statement 
That as long as you say, Lord, Lord, in your life, the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. Do not believe the truth of that statement. They understand hypocrisy. They understand somebody could be a hypocrite when they made that statement. That they did not mean that at all. And that they would understand that that does not save them. But he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven, this is the one that will find a home prepared for them. And again, as the battles are raged down here, over who says what and who believes what and what we think of another, Matthew seven twenty one still stands. And they are those who will agree with that statement. He who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. He's the one that will go to heaven. The obligation given to us then is to find out what that will is. And we understand the reality of that in the life that we live here, do we not? Telling one yesterday, I gotta go. I have to go back and reread the fine print in this contract that I made with Camp. There are terms in there that I didn't realize were there. This is your responsibility now. We understand, and you hear it all the way through time. Is what is the charge out there? Read the small print. And how many times do we consider this along the same lines as we do the, the end-user agreement in something? Small enough you cannot even read it on the internet, let alone print it off and want to read it. But do we think of the Bible in the same light as that? Yes, I know basically what it says, and yes, I agree that I'm not going to do anything that it says I'm not supposed to be doing. But do I understand what it does say? Basically, people will agree that this is the Word of God. Basically, people will agree that we ought to be doing what God says. Basically, they will agree that it is asking us to live what we call a good life. We're to be moral. We're to tell the truth. We're not to do our neighbor wrong. We agree basically with all those things that are there, but do we understand what it says? God will do what is right. We live down here and we can say, oh, well, there are those we are aware of, those that we're acquainted with, and we know they're nothing more than hypocrites. They go to church Sunday morning, and then Monday through Saturday they live a wicked life. They lie, they cheat, they steal. They do whatever they can do to gain whatever they want to gain here. And they think, well, why would I want to be a part of that? God does not make mistakes. No one is going to heaven. From John fourteen six. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. And the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. 
In this world in which we live, that sounds very exclusive, does it not? In the world in which we live, it sounds very narrow-minded. But we forget that we live in a world that God created and that God designed and that God is in control of. Of every creature that he has created, he is aware of. He's provided the evidence of who he is. He's provided the evidence of his power. We stand in all of it, but we fail to recognize what that really means. Some have been in tornadoes, been near those tornadoes, have seen the destructive power that they can wield, seen hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes, how quickly one can erupt and change the course of the landscape. The mighty power of God and yet to fail to realize the real greatness of his power. There are those that well are, are well acquainted with John 3.16. We'll quote it oftentimes. You see it occasionally at football games, not as much as you used to. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But never understand. Believe what? What does it mean to believe? What's involved in it? To what degree does it, will it take one? Will we follow what he has to say? The witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. God has testified. Romans 1, 4 reminds us of the fact that God has declared his son with power, or to be his son with power by the resurrection from the dead. And I find it interesting in light of the fact that the Bible records for us three times, three times that God audibly spoke from heaven concerning his son, Jesus Christ. Three times, an audible voice. Not like it is in John 12 where they were saying, it was just thunder that roared. How can you hear a voice from heaven that is understandable and believe it's just thunder? God has spoken. This is my son. This is the son in whom I am well pleased. And this is the son that you are to listen to. And the world says, not necessarily true. It's sad enough that we live in a society that claims to, have a be, to be followers of Christ and yet will allow Salvation to be extended to others who have no knowledge of who Jesus the Christ is. Stephen Satter, when I hear fellow preachers 
supposedly to be in the Lord's church, make the same statement. Breaks my heart. How can one who says he's a gospel preacher say that there are other ways that one can go to heaven outside of Jesus Christ? This is the world that we live in. And this is why John is writing, it's true in his day as well. This is John, why John is writing to those of his day. Listen, you need to understand a conviction that needs to be there. You need to understand a process that is involved. You will readily accept the testimony of man. Declare it to be true. Draw conclusions from it. In the physical life of an individual who is a murderer. Because he has shed blood. And yet you will not accept the greater testimony of God. That he has given his son. That Jesus is the son of God. That there is none other. He is the Savior. And there's only one way into that eternal bliss with God. Only one way into that heavenly home prepared for those who are prepared for it. And it is only through Jesus Christ. He who believes in the Son of God has a witness in himself. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you've obeyed him. If you have not obeyed him, you do not believe in him. You may know about him. You may think you know what he has done. But unless you have obeyed him, you do not believe in him. The one who believes in him is the one who has obeyed him. You read the end of the what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You get down towards the end around verse 7, 24. The wise man is the one who built his house upon the rock. But the wise man is described as the one who hears and the one who does the will of God. He's the wise man. The foolish one is the one who hears. And we live in a world that has heard the name Jesus. But who have not believed it. Enough to obey it. There's no salvation in simply hearing. There's no salvation in knowing about God. Open your wallet, pull out any amount of money you want to, and what are you going to find on it? And God we trust. We do not believe that. The world does not. They believe in the paper that is printed on, or the silver, and it's not silver anymore, the metallic metals that they use for the coins. That's what they believe in. They don't believe in what is written on there. Any more than people believe what is written on here. It says Holy Bible. It says God's Word. They do not believe that that's what it is. They will not follow it. And we live in a world that says, it's okay, do your own thing. It's not found within God's Word. He has a witness in himself. He has been given the Spirit of God to dwell in him, to seal him, to wash him, to cleanse him, to make him whole, to make him a child of the living God. The one who has that, has that seal that he is God's. He is wanting to do what God would have him to do. He's preparing for that journey into eternity. We think we can just do it as we want. 
I'm sure some of you at some time or another have made some trips where you've done it on the spur of the moment. Just gotten in the car and taken off. Made it up as you went along. Sad to say that I think there are some who think they can do that into heaven. They wait until one moment say, oh, I'll just jump on the boat and take off and that'd be fine. God planned man's redemption before he created the world, carefully executed that plan through human history for about 6,000 years. Time means nothing to God, I understand that. But for us to understand, to try to grasp the plan before the world was created, the execution of that plan in explicit detail, to bring it about, to show you the depths of God's love for you, his willingness to want you to be with him eternally in heaven, and then to think that I do not need to prepare for that. I do not need to change my life. I do not need to acknowledge that he is the Savior and to obey him in baptism for the remission of sins, that there's a back door that you can go through. There's a loophole that you can sneak through. We see it all the time in the world in which we live, but it's not there with God. God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. His word will stand into eternity. The only question will be, what will you do with his word? What will you do with his message for you, the testimony that has been given? Of God saying, I want you to be my child. And I want you to be with me eternally one day. It is based upon the thought of whether we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Believe it enough that we're willing to confess that it is sin that he died for, that we need to repent of, to turn from those sins, to confess that he is the Savior, a willingness to obey what he says. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. To follow through, if I believe he is Lord and Master, will I do what he says? To be baptized for the remission of my sins so that I can be raised to walk a new life. To be a child of the living God. And it's his word that also shares with us that if we have become a prodigal child, if we have become wasteful in the life that we lived and we wandered away from God, God in his love and his patience and his mercy bids us to come home. He's there, but we have to move. We have to move towards him, and he will meet us. An opportunity is given. That invitation is open at any time in one's life. But an opportunity is given at this time for one to make a decision, either to become a child of God or to renew that life in Christ Jesus once again. It's your choice. God's plea is that you would accept it while there is time and make that preparation. Knowing what God has done for you, knowing what he's willing to do with you, 
what, knowing what he's going to do for you into, into eternity. You answer that question that's in the song. Why do you wait? What do you hope to gain by further delay? Why would you wait? We can assist you if we can help you in any way. Then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.